I, th I feel like I'm ready. I Hello, it's me, Giga, owner of Gigas, Gods, Gods, and Gods. And I get my haircut cut all the times so it happens, Gods, too. I, th I feel like I'm ready. I what do you mean there's another one? Another Svender? I've been practicing. What are you talking about? It's another the same. What are you? What? Do they not have business sense? And I've got my, my, you know, for cutting hair, um, you know, when their hair is really long and there's a big rusty nail on the wall, you wrap their hair around that and I give a big swing and chop it right off the top. My name's Tasha Shrubbrush. I am the mother of Jonah Shrubbrush, Priscilla Shrubbrush, Sorceress Supreme of Gigaws, Gorgaws, and Gods, wife to Nathaniel Shrubbrush, and of course, mother to our dear Chandler, who's a wizard of the Lisfemda. Now, I can tell you right now, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go to get my hair cut? There was a time I'd go to Goldust, sure, but let me tell you where I'm going now. I'm going to Barney. I want to see Barney Barnaby in Hobbs and Gobs 2, 2, in the Lisfemda. It's easy to find, and he's got such a delicate touch for having some truly dreamy arms. Born with these arms, two of them. Hobbs and Gobs, too. Maybe I'll see you there. I'm getting my hairs did every week with him. You could be sure of that. Barney's really all about, you know, friends and sticking by friends. You know, Barney, I'm not telling them my name. Drop him. Um, drop the deuce. I walked into Hobbs and Gobs, too, too, and I got a haircut, and it was good. And Barney does good things with scissors. Yes, we're all very proud of Barney and Hobbs and Gobs 2 2 and the Lisfemda. But don't forget about Hobbs and Gobs 2 and the original Hobbs and Gobs. And You've always been so supportive of me, so I'm, you know, just a totally vacant stare. No, I'm not going to record a promo for Hobbs and Gobs 2 2. Get out of my office! I am the head librarian of Eska. How did you even get in here? Well, at least he's being positive. It's good vibes. I, th I feel like I'm ready. I um, you know, that's been uh, the, my most confident way of doing hair. I uh, oh, oh. What's this located by? The disposal waste? Oh, is this the recording stone? Oh, oh, this is good. Hello there, this is me, the goo. So excited to come in from you, all the way from... Believe it's a bathroom. Believe it belongs to... Wait, I, I got context clues here, wait a second. Hobbs and Gobs 2 2. Well, anyway, this bathroom's real clean. And I, the goo, love a good clean bathroom. We'll, uh. Oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't pronounce my sentience on something. Oh, no! Hobbs and Gobs 2 2. I'm a mushroom. My name's Phil. I don't have any hair. What's um, a church pastor's favorite cereal? I don't know. What is a church pastor's favorite cereal? Uh, Raisin Bran. You know, we were visited by none other than the Gold Dust. Why does she do this? Hi, I'm Priscilla Shrubbrush, Sorceress Supreme of Gigaws, Gorgaws, and Gods. I'm here to tell you right now that Bonnie Barnaby is an amazing barber. His bugbear arms are astounding and can do marvelous things with a person's hair. I'm telling you right now, you will be forever, forever 
go into Hobbs and Gobbs 2 2. Oh. This Priscilla Shrub brush. I was going to tell you all my social security number, but now I guess I'm not. Uh, yeah, Barney, yeah, sure, my dude. Anything I can do to help out? Uh, what? Wait, am I supposed to come with my own lines, dude? Uh, what? Okay, what? Oh, we're going. Okay, uh, uh, this is Jonah Shrubbrush, my guy, and it's so good for you to be like, uh, going to Hobbs and Gobbs too, too? Yeah, my dude, uh, Barney's the best, man. He's really great. So, like, the cool thing, if you get a chance to sit down in this chair with this barn dude, is that he not only is a compassionate listener, but he's very much so adept with his hands. I've seen this man cleave a zombie in two, and that's just professional skill, my guy. Now, if you really want somebody to open up, he's a carefree soul with something that's, that's really inspired inside of him. He really cares about individuals, man, and he really wants to get in there and really, like, experience it. You know, fun in the chair and fun in the seat, and your hair's got to be looking great at the end, my guy. Trust me. It's, I don't let anybody at least touch these golden locks, guy, guy. Just like my dude, come on down to the show and enjoy some good old-fashioned Barney time. It's got to be great, my dude. Oh, buddy, this is a great experience. Can I just say, my guy, like, thank you so much for having me here. Like, I'm so excited to get more business up in the West family. It's not every day. I mean, I looked at Goldust the other day, and I was just like, he's fine. I really appreciate my guy. Like, I got to hear No, no, that was all. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Playing for Laughs podcast. Today, we're going to play some D&D. Or should I say tonight? Oh, Caleb, Caleb, what are you Caleb's, Caleb's throwing elbows. Let go of Matt, Caleb. Hey, podcast people. It's Amanda here from the uh, Playing for Laughs podcast. I play Armada Nimble Fingers. Um, in the current campaign arc, other D&D terms, um, I told Matt that I would try my hand at some recaps and whatnot, other podcast terms. And so here is my attempt at a recap of uh, episode 13, Mother Fluffers and Hobbs and Gobs Choo Choo. Um, the episode began with uh, Caleb pretending to be a wrestler and he did attack Matt, and it was vicious. And he took over DMing, and he came up with a potential new name for you, our fans, um, the Mother Fluffers. If you like that, let us know in the comments. Uh, sure. Um, other people in our group like the idea of that name. Uh, and then uh, Abin <laughs> massaged a cow horse that was uh, massaging a cow during a fully work improv game. Um, Eric went on a small rant about corporate tax shelters. That doesn't sound right, but maybe. Um, so in full transparency here, um, I asked Matt to write me a list of highlights that I should hit in two truths and a lie format. Um, my memory is just as bad as my characters. So that may or may not be true about the corporate tax shelters. Um, I did promote the idea of the concept of thinking about things. Um, the next highlight here says banging. <laughs> Nuff said. Um, I don't remember what that's about. Bonnie got Bonnie? 
Barney got scored. Hey, Caleb, if you'd like to add a character named Bonnie, there's not enough alliteration in this story already. Um, so Bonnie got, Bonnie, Barney got scored. Um, <laughs> this mushroom guy came into Hobbs and Gobbs choo-choo to look over the uh, paperwork for um, starting a business in the Lisbenda. And um, luckily it worked out for Barney and him getting scored was, something that happened. Um, the next highlight here says Dusty Rhodes came into Hobbs and Gobbs Choo Choo to check out the competition. I know that's not true. This guy had um, gold in his name and he was very pompous and I think he had like a pompadour hairstyle. Um, gold, I want to say gold finger, but I think that's a James Bond reference. Um, anyway, it was a wrestling term, term, person, wrestling person. Um, and <laughs> we also met Barbara, Barney's mother. Um, she's very nice. Uh, and Barney did have a bowl cut as a kid um, through a series of events that we don't really know why. Uh, Barney and his mom now have streaks of white hair um, for some unknown reason. And then in Hobbs and Gobbs Choo Choo, there's a big bowl of, it says cantaloupes here, but I'm pretty sure it was cabbages um, because that's an important plot point. So if that sounds confusing to you, it was also confusing to me, um, but that's nothing new. So go back and listen to episode 13 if that doesn't make sense, and um, here's the next one. Thanks for listening. Friday so, Night Energy is back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we, should, we should let everyone know this is a Friday night recording, so... Uh, if you haven't been warned already, <laughs> let that be, be your warning. Be, oh, 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 no, no. Um, so, um, uh, there's a there's apparently um, 36 questions you can ask somebody to get closer to them. Sometimes it's done via like you can make people like like it's like the 36 questions you should ask on a first date or something like that. But this one, I'm like, oh, I, I've been I've been using it to get to know some people some more. So like, um, I was thinking of what better way than to get to know our characters more by asking some of these 36 questions. Great. Um, so the first question that we have for each character, um, starting off with, um, and Matt, we will get, we will, in, we, we will, um, we will get to, you will get to you in a second. I don't dude, know. I, I, dude. How the, would you, would world, you like? The world is your oyster. You tell me, like, you know what? You tell me what to do. I think, Know what? You can introduce a little bit of your character via this. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Um, so we'll start off with um, the first question of the thirty-six, which is: um, Your character can have anybody over as a dinner guest. Who is it? <clears throat> well, my dudes, uh, there's only one answer for you, my man. If uh, me, Jonah's gonna have anybody over for dinner, and it's gonna be my good old granddad, Percival, man. Miss that man. Oh, Percival, come back! <laughs> He's listening in peace, my dudes. People often gather for meals as a way of increasing camaraderie. Is, uh, is that dude? You did. You didn't. Is that dude, my man? Like, but who are you having over for dinner? I don't. 
Was I supposed to wait, my man? Am I interrupting you? Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very is that um, response. That's so is that. Garrick would have uh, this guy Bradford Angier wrote this great book, How to Stay uh, Stay Alive in the Woods. Uh, I would have him over. He once lived off the rotten intestine of uh, a dingo for three days. I mean, that's impressive. So I'd want to talk about that. Maybe not over dinner. Was it the dingo that ate your baby? <laughs> <laughs> you do yeah. have a lot of protein. <laughs> Protein packs, you guys. <laughs> babies. Oh. I think there's very few people Armada can stand. Uh, so uh, <laughs> she'd probably invite Chandler over. He's hot. That too. Yeah, I really yeah. am. <laughs> I'm a good looking guy. Um, hmm, so Barney's person. Well, seeing as... Barney went to University of Phoenix online for a sports journalism degree before uh, doing uh, barber stuff. Um, I think <laughs> he would be really interested in like any like um, uh, like sports reporter type personalities because he would look up to them like you know like from being uh, a kid. So like I don't know what the big sports are here in um, uh, Ustrad. Um, like oh, dragon finding. Oh, <laughs> or, oh. Um, you could definitely check out the two knock games. Yeah. So he. Yeah. So Barney probably would like you know, go to like some sports journalist who like covers uh, that and like just want to like chat him up about all the sports stuff. I mean, yeah. you could go see. Um, I mean, Wakey Blue Jeans is like the number one. Um, he's like an upcoming um, um grind grind border in the uh, two knock games. Oh, yeah, Barney. Barney knows everything about that guy you just said. <laughs> And grind for I, I, I honestly, I think I think Barney. Oh, Wakey Blue Jay. Sorry, man. Wakey Blue Jay, not Jeans. Not Blue Jay. So I think that Blue Barney Jay. would actually do well down at the Leaky Troll, where where I uh, where I bartend at times, and you think you would do pretty well, pretty darn well in the pits that night. So what I would choose, I wouldn't choose a person. I'd try to choose two, and those two would be Erolus and Ul's Riri, the two dragons who came here, because I want to talk to them. I got a few things to say. I feel that, my man. Right? Yeah. I do want to talk to them as well. You want to find out some actual truths going on, don't you? Uh, possibly. Is, is it uh, going on a pilgrimage to meet one of them? We'll get to that. Anyhow, thank, thank they, well, our lovely characters, everybody. <laughs> uh, oh, right. We forgot. Um, would, anybody, would, any, would anybody like to hear an NPC answer that question? The goo. Okay. <laughs> We're... If I'm having anybody over, there's only one woman who's been out of my grip. I need, I, I, I miss Armada. <laughs> she visited me once and I want to, I want to know what she's doing now and I miss her. <laughs> oh, I know that orc that we all fought that didn't get to do anything <laughs> at all in uh. his life. Um, <laughs> it just was like, I am here. And we, we all just immediately attacked and killed it. I wouldn't, <laughs> Dude. we didn't learn anything about it. It had probably so much, it, had, it probably had like a, so much backstory and stuff. We're like 20 minutes in and you're bringing up my worst memory. <laughs> well, if I could bring anybody over for dinner, I would have been back my dad. <laughs> And tell him what happened to me, because it was horrible. I have a giant hole in me made by a furball. <laughs> he just ran through me. I'm undead, but it still hurt. 
<laughs> At least we finally heard something from them. Yeah, very much so. Um, uh, so yeah, well, cool. Over to Armada. Um, Armada, you wake up on the Screaming Rock. My favorite place. You're, it's the current place that you live. <laughs> I, do. I live at the. You live rock. at the Screaming Rock. Um, uh, this is um, we're in about the 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 like the end of the first week, beginning of the second week, um, and this is actually the time usually where you meet up with Chandler to talk about the thing. The thing. The thing. The yep. thing that's been happening. Um, Chandler, usually you guys are able to like go for a morning walk and kind of do the thing where you talk about what's happening with you. But Chandler decided to change things up and ask you to meet outside of the Shrubbrush Estate late at night. Like, past, past the current mm. curfew late at night. Great. So... Um, I, uh, Chandler would definitely meet her outside before yeah. not, not have to knock to, to knock on the door or anything. We'd, we'd be waiting for you. Um, so as you walk down the street, kind of like um, that, can you roll me just a basic stealth roll? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, the person who is trying to sneak over to see um, Chandler. I'm very excited because this is Amanda's first roll with her new dice. Ooh. It's not a good one. It's a six. Plus and what? Plus a plus lot. seven, right? <laughs> yeah. Seven. Great. So thirteen. So thirteen. You, you needed to be at a ten because that was just basic guards doing basic stuff. So freaking stealthy. <laughs> <laughs> so you manage to kind of walk past through things and you see Chandler mm-hmm. standing outside the shrub brush estate. Come here. Come here. Come here. Great. Chandler, you 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 Chandler and you take a second just to like quickly things and he leads you um, through. Um, the areas of two more of the lesser known parts of Eska, right? Because right now you're kind of like near the Lisfemda area. You're in Study, which is the um, place where Zorbrus lives in that sort of area. Um, you move over to Scry Eye, which is kind of the far out part of Matt. I'm making Matt happy. <laughs> oh, I, I, I am. I'm too messed. Yeah. <laughs> Scry Eye, which is kind of like um, known as like, it's like Scry Eye is definitely like the seedy part of Eska. Mm-hmm. It is the part on the outside edge. It's also like one, it's a peninsula of all the other places. Like it's like far out of the way. Am I familiar with it? Um, roll me a history check with disadvantage. Uh, the reason why you have disadvantage on this roll is because you lose your memory every six months. <laughs> Uh, that's fair. <laughs> so, like, maybe. It's a three, but with disadvantage. It's a roll, 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 roll again. Roll again. You, get a you could one. get lower than a three. Seven. These dice are awful. So, anyhow, <laughs> like, the information that you know about Scry Eye is like, when you, like, you, like, it's not unknown to you. You know that's the place that if you want to get something done or needed something special or. Needed to um, uh, do something outside of the eyes of something. You go to Scry Eye to, to get that done. So you know it's the place of no goodness, but you don't you don't know any other connections from there. Um, Chandler walks you up to an abandoned building, and then he proceeds to open up the door. And inside, 
Um, the light all of a sudden just everything's super bright in front of you as you can hear this beautiful music coming in there's people playing on a piano it seems like this is just this lively tavern all of a sudden as people are just like talking to each other it's like and it's just a party inside as there's very much so different people are all around in this like place and so far Chandler has not told you the name of this place um, grow me a perception check it'd be bad you got this Oh, good. Plus... Plus two is 14. 14. Okay. Um, things you noticed on your way there. Um, there is no name of the bar. There's no, like, bar thing outside to tell you anything about it. Um, the only thing that you saw in there, um, the symbol that the porcelain mask used, the eye with the eyes crossed out of it, you see that symbol, except it's not an X, it's just a closed eye. Out front of the tavern, that's the only thing that you noticed. And as you walk in, um, with a 14, you do see a bunch of people just kind of... It seems like a, a regular event, and Chandler leads you right towards um, kind of like where... It seems like where the help would be. He heads right to the kitchen. And inside the kitchen, they walk past, and you can see more things kind of passing by, the, the kind of just a slew of things. And this is new for you. You have not been... Chandler's never brought you here before. Um, you head to what assumes to be a pantry, but in front of the pantry stands a hobgoblin with a very tight man bun, um, straight up in a very like just classy style, um, uh, like suit, just kind of standing there, um, and he's got his hands forward and he stares at Chandler and looks at you and goes, "Rings." Take mine off. And I present it to. Yeah. I follow his lead and take mine off too. He grabs it. He opens up the curtain, and you two walk in. Um, he walks in behind you and walks over to a place and you see him put the rings into a weird, um, like, like fishbowl. It's, it's like a, it's, it's very much, I say fishbowl, but it's, it's a key like party. A, it's kind of, <laughs> except it's like, as you put in there, you see like, like you see like 30 rings floating in this fishbowl. Like it's kind of hanging off to the side, almost like suspended it in that. And from here on the way by, I'm going to Josiah, how's your mom? Oh, she's good, Chandler. She's good. She's good. Sorry, boss. I wanted to, uh, you told me to keep precautions, and I wanted to make sure I did. did you're doing I do a good, good job. You're, do, you're doing a good oh, job. Thank, thank, thanks, Appreciate boss. you. You're doing a good job. Th thanks, boss. I, I mean, have fun. As you kind of walk in, the event, the the the, the current style here, completely different than what you saw outside. There is. Um, street art plastered against the walls. There is people um, actively active in arm wrestling. There, you turn your head and you can see on stage there is a half orc with a giant pink mohawk, bright pink beard. As he's standing on board, he goes, "The Lesvemdo will not take me." <laughs> Just blaring punk rock. Bondius is a sick freak. <laughs> You can shove my ring up your ass! <laughs> just, just complete. And people are moshing and having the time of their lives. I love this song. This is one of their, this is one of their hits. Um, as it's just this crazy, just act like it is like pretty much just imagine like any, any punk, like any British punk from the 80s yeah. is this what's happening in this place right now. Sounds amazing. It is full of just raw. People are just like, it is, yeah. People are breaking bottles. People are rocking out. It is full on punk in here. I think Armada feels right at home. He, um, Chandler leaves you through everything and weaves back through to a back room. 
where things feel a little bit quieter. Um, you see some still some sick art on the wall, and you can see like a caricature of Bondius's face with its eyes mm-hmm. crossed out. Um, as he leads you to a like, as he leads you to a room that has like a very much so broken couch, a really crap table, and like broken bottles just all around. And also at the same time, you can see Chandler like he moves his hair back, and his hair turns bright colored. Cool. He all of a sudden he starts like a top putting on different like like he puts on like a spiky dog collar. He puts on like <laughs> fingerless gloves. He like rips the sleeves off his like shirt as he keeps moving through here. Like totally changing his perspective from whatever that golden boy was to this new like punk persona. Cool. So I think Armada sees him doing that and starts like taking Wrist, uh, bracelets off of other people's arms to, to match <laughs> uh, Oh, hell uh, yeah. Chandler, roll me a perception check. You roll me a slide of hand check. Um, Chandler's got a plus four to perception. That's an 18. So can, I, can I give her a help then? Oh, if, if, if Chandler's like all about wanting her to do that, I, this was you just seeing, this is her, you noticing if she's doing it. I think I, I would, if, if I were to see her doing that, yeah. I want her to feel comfortable. Yeah. And then Chandler would be like, Keep going. Let, let, me, let me do it. I see what I see. You see what we're doing? Yeah, let's let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got. What was I rolling? A sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. So I have eleven. Roll again, because you because know, now Chandler now now Chandler saw you do that, and now he's giving you the help action to go ahead and be a little more devilish. That was only ten. Um, with that, you do steal from um, uh, a dragonborn, and you kind of grab that. and He goes, Oh, what the. Uh, Chandler! Oh, I'm so, yeah, no, totally, dude. You can have my, you can have my bracelet. It's fine, man. Yeah, she's good. She's yeah, good. Oh, the, do you need a whole set? That'd be great. Oh, sick, no problem. Hey, can we get the belt closet open? <laughs> yeah, yeah, open up the belt closet for Chandler's guest. So you walk over I'm, and you somebody yeah. opens up and it's just punk aesthetic all the yeah. way down. You can choose whatever you want from here. Yeah, so I think she takes some some like hair extensions. Oh yeah. And uh, definitely one of those choker necklaces. Uh-huh. And is it spiked? It of course. <laughs> um and like a couple extra long silver chains and probably calls it good things. A halfling walks out, a halfling sees you in the closet and goes, Dearie, do you want some of my makeup? Uh, I got some, I got green, I got purple, I got blue. Let's do green. Oh, sick. Just smears it on. No Love no it. finesse, just green on your face. Just for the record, if you had failed that, I would have cast Gift of Gab <laughs> to, <laughs> to make sure. Cause yeah. I, yeah, I started out Chandler, by the way. <laughs> Was I right with a plus four to perception? I was just giving him. It's, I was, it's, it's plus four is fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah plus okay, four is great. It's great. It's great. I think, he, I think a smile like goes on Armada's face. She's like, thanks. Yeah. She's enjoying this. No problem, honey. A friend of Chandler's is a friend of mine. <laughs> and she just looks at Chandler with like admiration. <laughs> Let's go, kiddo. So you walk to the back room um, and Chandler directs you to just kind of sit on the couch. Um, and from there, um, <laughs> in this land of punk, a nun walks out. <laughs> in like bright, in bright like, like it's like pretty much like pretty much just the abbot still, mm-hmm. but with that there's um, there's definitely a pendant around the neck that's rainbowed, so it's definitely it shows the colors of each color of the rainbow that pops up, and her face pops up, and she um, it's a relatively like she's got a relatively kind face, um, um, and but it's deeply scarred, like like a scar over the eye, the eyes cataract, 
Um, her hair is is definitely a fade. Like one side is cut, the other side kind of swoops over. Um, and as she kind of pulls down her hood, you can see these features. It's bright silver hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and she smiles very kindly at you and goes, oh, hi. So nice to meet you. It's, it, I don't get a chance to go out of, well, anyhow, it's just, hi, it's so nice. Chandler wanted me to, uh, uh, this sorry. is Armada. Armada Nimblefinger. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I don't get out of, uh, I don't, pause. Matt, I forget what our, what the name of the Vatican of this world was called. Uh, uh, the country is Ankia. Yeah, I I don't I don't get a I don't get a Ankia very often. Ankia is the like the Vatican Italy of this world. Um, Romeo actually Romeo hit a religion check. It's a three. This dice is awful. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you get uh you. Oh, yeah. It was deep. Yeah, so you're, I mean, with a six Four. months, with six months worth of memory, like that means nothing to you and her outfit means nothing to you. Um, you look really cool. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate it. I mean, you look, look badass and <laughs> sick. Like, I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. I got to be very official. Hi, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'm, I'm Andrea. It's, ni- it's nice to meet you. I think, so Armada looks at Chandler just like double checking that this is okay. This. Chandler just nods. Okay. Um, um, I'm, I'm Chandler asked me here um, to help you out. Um, I know that you've been in a cycle. Chandler's been telling me you've been in a cycle and stuck in a cycle. Um, and I'm hoping I can help. Um, I, I, every so often, the, 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 pris, the pris, this prismara let us sisters out to see where we can help where we can. The dragon's wings go far and... Um, I'm hoping that we can um, support you. Uh, so uh, if you can, um, just take a seat here and uh, I, let me see if I can at least get you out of the cycle and see what's going on. Uh, that'd be great. Armada sits down and I think Chandler sits right, right next and make sure like there's a, a comforting hand. This, yeah. is all, this is all okay. You got this. This is all okay. Um, her hands, she takes two of her hands um, and proceeds to place them like on the side of your head as you get comfortable on this really rickety old broken down couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was expecting an ice cube and a safety pin. And she puts both her hands on, on your head as you can kind of feel that and she starts muttering as you look up, her eyes go brilliantly silver, just completely like glowing silver, as you can see also from her back, something you you swear something weirdly ethereal is coming from her back, mm-hmm. um, but then you're, it's gone. As soon as you go there, you're gone. And you feel yourself completely submerged in water. As you're trying to swim up to the top, you swim up to the top and you could feel your almost your whole mouth and lungs, feel like they're almost like heaving with seawater inside of you. You manage to break the surface as a wave goes ahead and slams you onto the shore as you find yourself just dripping, sobbing web with water just spewing out of you. Um, You turn your head and there on the beach is the tower again. You can see it kind of standing up directly right beside you. And maybe it's a lighthouse? Maybe it's something, It, it doesn't look the same, but it's still similar. Um, and you start walking towards the door as you can hear that same, oh, that's not a knock. Just 
But as you get closer, you turn your head, and the thing that you see is two figures sitting on a sand on a on a really nice towel out front. One of them, you swear you recognize. Their back is towards you, and they're wearing a tri-corner hat. Mm-hmm. You can't make out much of them, but you can see them. And they look like they're talking to somebody. And the thing that you can make out of the other one, who's also silhouetted, they're kind of robed, but you can see one thing that, that just pierces you, and that's this brilliantly white half-moon smile mm-hmm. as you're sitting down. And you see them take out this beautiful ivory book, and they open it up, and you see... The person you see the you you hear pretty much just and you either hear like a conversation, but everything's muddled. But you see the person smile, and then you see them hand a bottle over to the captain. Or are you assuming a captain, a pirate, a captain? No, it's a captain. It's a captain. You definitely know it's a captain, as the captain grabs the bottle, and then. You're back. Right up, eyes up, staring right directly at it, and just, oh, uh, and Chandler is like, ho- like almost gripping, gripping. It's okay. Um, it's okay. Just, You're okay. Just, You're uh, okay. Uh, uh, it's okay. You're, we're here. You're here. You're here. You're here. God. You're back with us. You're here with us. Whew. What happened to you? That's a great question. Oh. <sighs> mm-hmm. I was like, uh, that was one of my stronger restoration spells, and that did not do what I thought it was going to do. thought I recognized some of those people. What? The people. What people? Tell, could you say more? Uh, so there was water, and I couldn't breathe. And then I got to the surface, and I found land. And then there was this, like, it was like the drums in the in the with yeah, the band yeah. is mm-hmm. just steady and there's this captain I think he was my captain and what? then like of the watch no like you knew I you knew I I was on a ship before mm-hmm. the, that captain oh and then there was a smile but I didn't know that guy and there was a, a smile. Chandler looks, he thinks about it, and he also gets a little worried about it. There was a book, and there was a, there was a bottle. And the book makes Chandler a little more worried. Yeah, the guy with the smile handed over a, the, they were looking at the book, and uh, he handed over a bottle to the captain, and then I woke up. Yeah, I think at this point, Chandler just kind of hears all this, and then just sits back on like this, this chair or couch, and, and just kind of... Goes, goes wizardly pensive. Yeah. Uh, um, Andrea turns to you and goes, I don't think, I think I could still help though. It didn't feel like I was, I felt like I was being pushed back, but it didn't feel like I was being pushed all the way back. I'm wondering if the closer we get to your six months, the closer we get to the end of your cycle, I'm wondering if the weaker the bond it will be. We can try it. I think we can try. Let's try again in another amount of time and see. I think the closer we get to it, the more we can figure out. Okay. Um, one second. I think Armada looks again at 
Chandler because now she's a little worried given that he is thinking about stuff. And at that moment, time freezes once again for you. You think back to it and you think about the captain again and you remember that there was a ship and you remember laughing with him. Mm -hmm. You remembered he was a dwarf Mm -hmm. with a booming laugh like thunder. Stormbeard. Stormbeard is the name that came to you. <laughs> um, um, uh, what was your card again? Sorry. The Revealer. One second, I want to make sure. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Sorry. It's um. Where are you? Major, it kind of sounds like math. a punk song, too. Major yeah. Arcana. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Did you keep it up top, or I, did you? I did. I kept it upright. Okay. So this stood for, um, this is unconscious, inner voice, and intuitive. Ooh. Holy. Tarot is, yeah, man, is that's right. good stuff. Tarot man. works. Um, so the way, anyway, so like with that in mind in this fate scene, you do hear that inner voice, and you do know you were on a ship captained by a guy named Stormbeard. Mm-hmm. And your inner voice goes, yeah, but something bad happened. Something really bad happened. Like you feel good about him, Mm -hmm. seeing him again, but you also feel really bad about it. Mm -hmm. Bad, like guilty or just? A little bit of guilty and a little bit angry. Mm -hmm. It's not a clear feeling. It's like... It's like seeing, not necessarily that this was your relationship, but it's akin to, like, seeing your ex with somebody new. Mm-hmm. Chandler's going to roll an insight to see if I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 13. How, how plain is your face right now? Do you, do you want to hide what's going on in your head, or do you, are you hiding anything? I, I think I'm thinking too hard to actively hide anything. Yeah, you can rec- you, okay. you see it. Um, I don't say anything because I just I just kind of clock that yeah. as I'm putting these in my head. As Chandler is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then from there, you take a second, kind of the evening comes by. You go back out and Chandler offers you, hey, it was a rough, I mean, Chandler will offer you, for like, even though that was a rough time, there's still a party going on. I think, well, have some good time. I think we stay at the party. And it... Hey. Hell yeah, my dude. (laughs) Hell yeah, my dude. And it rocks. It is the best party of the night. It is phenomenal. Chandler Um, just does a bunch of windmilling where he takes his arms and he spirals them forward. Um, That's how I dance. There's there's like freeze frames. You're with the orc with the bright pink um, thing who's called him, who you learned his name is Charlie (laughs) Rotten. You party with Charlie Wall and for the entire night. Oh my god. Bright pink thing, he's jamming out. Like it's like freeze frames of different things. Like you and Chandler and and Andrea are like linking arms, trying to guzzle one thing all the time. Sure, mind folks. Armada is a halfling, so it's like three, three and a half feet tall. Yeah. An orc is gonna be what? Six and a half, seven feet tall. And Chandler's a furbolg. So it's like eight, nine feet tall. So Everything is doing all this stuff. Head, the it's, top of her head and everybody no, I'm, else. I'm on somebody's shoulder. Yeah, yeah. So like Armin is like 12 feet up. And you're just like rocking out. It is so hardcore up in here. 
And in the way, Charlie Rotten turns to, All right, my turn up. Do you want to join the MCI, my dude? Yeah. Calls her turn up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course I do. Oh, yeah, Chandler, another one for the fireplace. I, I told you, dude, she rules. Charlie Rotten agrees. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Rotten. Charlie Rotten. <laughs> Charlie Rotten. Charlie Rotten. And then he changes it. Oh, and then by the end of the day, you have people like chanting your name. You're like, you're like, dive and scream. Fingers. And they like, you crowd surf at the end. Um, and then you kind of like at the end, you, Chandler proceeds to kind of walk like you grab the rings of you grab your rings again from the floating pool and kind of go back and you can see that like outside. As you peek through the curtain real fast, as you're kind of go there, you can see you and Chandler just sitting by at a table outside of that. Your mm -hmm. illusions are just having a nice drink. And you guys are just sitting out there, and you kind of grab your rings, and that disappears as you pop your rings back on, and you change back into your normal clothes. Oh, that's wicked cool, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's wicked cool. Nice. Um, as you guys walk back out, on the right back, um, Ch um, Chandler talks to you a little bit more about what the Unseen is. Um, he mentions that, like, his grandfather was a great dude. Like, Percival did so much good for the city. He worked so hard to develop so many of the social structures in here, to develop so many of the things that help out. Um, but in order to do that, he had to agree to a couple of Tunoc's, like, it was a give and take. And Tunoc really wanted to make sure that people were, that he knew what was happening with people all the time. So Percival caved a little bit, and Percival caved a little bit, and he caved a little bit. And you learn as more as, like, as, as you walk kind of back that, like, Really, Percival and Tunoc made a system that in if, if as long as a good person's there, it's not a problem. Like having somebody watching you at all times can be weird, but as long as it's somebody who's like just wants to make sure you're safe, that might be a good thing. Like if you're having a bad day or something like that's going on, or you're just in like utter turmoil, having somebody show up automatically and being like, I'm sorry about that. Do you want to talk about it? Like Percival was trying to do that so he could get like social services to people automatically. If somebody was hurt, he wanted to get them like automatic help. And he was like, these are good. This is a good thing to see what's going on. But Tunok saw it as I can, I can, I can, I can, I can see people whenever. And his channel's walking to, he goes and he mentions like, he tells you that history and he goes, and Bondius is more like Tunok than anything else. Yeah, Bondius is, is more like Tunak, and you gotta be careful with her. How have you managed to hide this? It ain't easy. But there are ways, and there are means by which, and there are devices, and there are systems by which that we can make change. We can make real, meaningful, impactful change, but you gotta be careful. You gotta be cautious. Well, I'd like to help however I can. Hell yeah, dude. And as you walk by, you Jonah can... was so right about you. <laughs> <laughs> you, as you. As you walk by, you can just hear, you just hear Jonah chopping logs, just like snoring his heart out as you're walking at like full three o'clock in the morning and just. <sighs> And you just all, you could see the, sh the his like little shack rumble with how bad a snorer Jonah That's is. That's why we keep him out in the shack. He told me he he built that himself. Well, yeah, well, but you keep him out there because you hear how, you hear how loud he snores? Yeah. Yeah, you would keep the whole house up. That guy goes to sleep. He is asleep, dude. You try adventuring with that. 
No, I, I, love, I love my brother. I love my brother. But hard pass. <laughs> you said chopping logs. I pictured you with your one arm and an axe. Yeah, yeah. Chopping, logs. chopping logs. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is what Jonah does. Just chopping just, logs. I imagine Make a firewood. Chiming in like, yeah, his first shack uh, was so fragile it, it fell down from the snoring. This is his second shack he built. Because <laughs> it was so poorly constructed. <laughs> um, uh, we go to Azette now. Um, Azette, um, sorry, pause. We we didn't get a chance to talk about who you might right, want right, to talk. Right. We didn't get a chance about who you might want to talk to today. Does anybody come to mind if we want to want to talk more to? Oh, Azette and talking aren't really. Like, that whole people mm. thing is not his strong suit. Um, I think he's out He's out exploring. He's out, like, alternating between wandering the woods and going into the, the Lisfemda. I think we can do what we can imagine here is, like, of this, like, multi-episode, like, story we have, mm-hmm. your episode's the silent episode with nice music around. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I think... I think that's what we can cut to. Yeah. And I think what we can do here. I don't think it's nice music. Bow, I, I, yeah, but it's. What, what kind of theme? How about we determine. Do you want to use your card to help determine kind of sound? Um, I. We can. How many wands is that? That's an eight. So, once again, the no. with, with upright, it's rapid action, movement, and quick decisions. Okay. So I see you doing a lot of things yeah. throughout this process. I can see you doing going through a couple things. And um, like I can see um, like, yeah, do you want to like list through like what are some things like in this like week of yours that you want to accomplish? Well, there's a very specific subspecies of lichen that he's been looking for. Mm. And he was able to to find some of that, yeah, and combine it with a uh, a moss that uh, grows in the northern mountains, and he was able to combine those into a tea. So yeah, can I can I add a little bit? Of course. So like as so you go find when you're going to find the moss, you or you go to like a, a place near the screaming rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that you notice is that Dorner is following you. Okay. You go to the mountain, and Dorner is still following you. You go to make your tea, and you can see like looking in from your window is Dorner. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I I I don't think he's staying inside the city. I think. I think okay. he leaves the city. He leaves the city every night okay. to sleep and like sleeps in in a, in the woods. And so Dorner never gets close to you, but Dorner's always like in your vision. Okay. Like Dorner's always around. Like even out in the out in the woods yep. and out in, okay. Dorner's like right now he is not like Can you roll me an insight check? Absolutely. That is a uh, I believe that's a 17. As you're watching Dorner, he's not giving you malicious vibes. Mm-hmm. He seems... I'm sorry, that's actually a 19. If, a ni- it, no, if, if well, it makes a difference. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, it will make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, he's... He's been... Fo- like, But he's not giving malicious mm-hmm. vibes. He's... The, the vibe you're getting from him is... 
he seems lost and he doesn't know what to do. Okay. He seems like he, you almost like, it's almost like watching, um, you almost like get a sense that you're watching like a worker bee who can't find its nest. Oh. I think Azet is uh, sitting uh, by the coals of a fire, kind of making his tea, and he's kind of looks up and sees Donor again. And he goes back to his tea, and all of a sudden the cat kind of wanders over to, to Dorner. Um, and this moment you can see Dorner kind of bending down and do a little <laughs> pet, and he looks up to you, and he, Dorner looks up and looks into your eyes. Mm-hmm. And in this moment, you can almost, with, with a 19 insight, you can almost look like he's almost asking the question, is it safe? Um... I think the the cat kind of does the thing because Azet does yeah. not react. Yeah. But the cat kind of starts to wander back to the camp, goes back to Dorner, then starts to wander a little bit further into the camp. Um, Dorner proceeds to walk towards you and then Dorner sits and then Dorner is not Dorner anymore. And Dorner sits and Dorner's this like, gray, like this gray clay creature that all of a sudden appears in front of you. And turns and looks and turns back. And then he, the gray creature, changes into the man with the porcelain mask. Mm-hmm. And then he drops it. And he shoves up the Dorner and drops it. And then turns into you and drops it. And then turns into the man with the porcelain mask and then fakes dead and drops it. And then shrugs at you. <laughs> A shape changer may not be the person I met in the Lisvenda. Is that a question? Are you asking if he's the, the same person? Or is that just an Azet like... Azet is making a statement. Azet is just... Yep. Cool. And so then he, and then he proceed, <laughs> the person proceeds to change back into the Dorner and then looks towards you looking to see if... And then he turns back into normal and he looks at you trying to see if he can engage. Like he goes back and forth between them trying to figure out which one he can be in front of you? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Azet returns to his tea, and he just and you can see just Dorner kind of like questioning. He you can see him turn to Dorner, back to Gray Creature, mm-hmm. back to Dorner, back to Gray Creature, back to Dorner, and he keeps doing this on repeat as you drink your tea. And like you can see him on the side corner, and it's kind of continuing, and he's not okay. stopping. Azet will get up, walk over, and uh, he's got a little bowl of uh, nuts that he's gathered, and he will empty out into another bowl, put it beside the person. Move back to his side of the fire, and, and he's eating his nuts. Do you put him drinking his tea? Do you put it in front of when he's Dorner? Or do you put it in front of him when he's a gray creature? Um, it doesn't matter to Azet. Um, do you want to just roll with it? Yeah. Uh, when he's the gray creature. Okay, so when he's the gray creature, you put down the nuts, and then he stays that. Mm-hmm. And then the, the next morning, you would wake up and you would travel to another location. I think, and Dorner's like closer now. Okay. Walking right behind you. Um, you can see him, like, as you're setting up for camp, Dorner helps 
Reaper help break down some stuff and mm-hmm. start setting up for camp. And then he proceeds to like almost do a bindle as he looks behind you. Kind of goes <laughs> as you guys kind of spend the month. Like now, now I'm just imagining like whatever. Like if we're not like if the music got like a little contentious with the fire scene, yeah. I think now we get to a little more of a hopeful music. Yeah. As you guys are kind of like journeying together around Ustrad. Was there anything else you wanted to glean from your month that you didn't get a chance to? Uh, I mean, for Eric, no. Okay. Azet, yeah, he's always... Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, but that... Okay, I just yeah. want to make sure, Eric, you feel like you got your character. I'm moment. good. Cool. So you end up just walking around as, as Dorner, this gray changeling, is now just walking with a bindle mm-hmm. right behind. Okay. Now we go to Garrick. Um, Garrick, now it's kind of later in the month. Um, Be- you- before Garrick talks, can I just say that Keith's been sorry for all the noise I made? I'm, I'm multitasking and I'm, I'm building a set. So earlier, while Barney Barnaby was talking, I was moving some equipment and it was a, uh, loud and I'm Sorry. You should be. I'm, I felt really bad. Well, it's, but it's, it's, we are getting a hurricane like tomorrow. It has ruined this entire if podcast. If I didn't make those cuts in the lumber tonight, <laughs> I couldn't build tomorrow, so I had to. I'm sorry. Well, Barney's like store was just opening, so I like to think that they were like. You yes and the shit out of that. Way to go. Oh my god. If I had inspiration to give, I would give you a point of inspiration. Sorry, back to. Hey, just wanted Barney. To say that publicly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <gasps> you get a. So Keith. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Garrick, Wait. Garrick. Um, yeah. You wake up in the morning, um, and there's a. You hear a. Um, do you like? Do you just sleep wherever? Like, do you have a place you kind of call your home? Um, there is. So giving you a heads up, like the Wild Watch. So. Thank you again for turning into the Playing for Laughs podcast. Our players today were myself, Matt Ricard, Keith Anktel, Amanda Dehan, Eric Daryl Worthley, Abin McGuire, and our game master, Caleb Christensen Fletcher. Go to playingforlaughs.com for all information about our podcast, about our improv troupe, when we are performing. We really appreciate you listening. Drop us a like, drop us a subscribe, leave a comment, and we'll make an NPC out of you. We'll, we'll bring you into our world and you can be one of these sentient rocks. You can be an NPC. Maybe you'll be one of the members of the Goose family. Who can possibly know and who can possibly say what may come in the future? We really love doing this. Thank you very much for, for downloading, listening, subscribing, all of that good stuff. And we'll see you next week as we continue down our journey of our individual scenes of our player characters. And next week, you can expect to hear more of Garrick and a new character. Bye. Charlie Rotten. Charlie Rotten! Yeah, Charlie Rotten! Charlie Rotten agrees!